Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, one of the managing editors at AniFem. You can find most of my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. And I am joined today by my fellow AniFem staffers, Vry and Peter, if you would like to introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Vry Kaiser. I'm the managing content editor here at AniFem. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> you can find me freelancing on Twitter, at WriterVry, which is where I post all my stuff I do outside of AniFem, or you can find the podcast I co-host about uh, what makes trash and failed media interesting over at TrashPod. And we appreciate you joining us, Fry, despite you recovering from a cold. So thank you for being here. <laughs> I'm going to try so hard not to cough for you in the edit, Peter. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Peter Phobian. I'm social video at Crunchyroll, and I am an editor here at Anime Feminist. On Twitter, I'm at Peter Phobian. And today we are looking into the uh, fall 2021 season. It's our mid-season check-in. Um, there are so many shows this season. Really just an absurd number of shows. Um, shows for days. So It's we, silly is what it is. It's, 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 it is quite frankly too many anime. Um, <laughs> and we are, because of that, and because we want to have time to talk about some of the ones higher up on the list, because there is some discourse today. Uh, saddle <laughs> up on your discourses. Um, we're going to go ahead and skip the everything from Yellow Flags down, partly because Peter's the only one watching anything. <laughs> from that right. down and we talked with him beforehand and he said things are pretty much going the way they were prior so there's no real reason to talk about them so we'd rather focus on the stuff further up our list and these are based on the way we categorize the shows at the premiere review so obviously some things will have changed and shifted and we'll talk about that uh, as the episode progresses Probably worth noting also that normally we record these the weekend that they go out, but because of scheduling things, we will be a week early, so a new episode will have come out by the time this podcast airs. Sorry. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, we do not have to apologize for that. We're very <laughs> busy people, and uh, a lot of it's fine. Everyone's always a week behind anyway, so it's all good. Um, yeah, so if, if we don't talk about something that happened the exact week that this episode dropped, that is why. Uh, okay, so we're going to start from the bottom of the neutral zone. Uh, no one on this call is watching Watcha Primagi, so we'll skip that one. I am still watching Visual Prison. Very I'm going to get to it. I don't yeah. know why I'm not watching for, it. For reasons that are hard for me to personally fathom. Well, I know why. It's a musical with vampires. That's why. <laughs> um, I Most of the yellow flags that I mentioned in episode three have kind of gone away, but I mean, it, they were still true at the time. So this is probably a yellow flag show. Um, there's some like subtextual twin cest in one of the episodes. It's weird. It's, it's extremely of the genre, but it's weird. And um, one of the vampires is like perpetually 12 because vampires. Uh, so that's not terrific. Uh, but I like the other stuff going on in it. I wish it was campier. It comes out the gate with like, them singing out of sword microphones and they have angel wings and they're dropping out of helicopters. And I was like, yes, this is ridiculous. Feed it to me. Um, and it has toned itself down to be more about a visual K band, like getting together. And it really wants you, it, it gives the characters arcs, which is good, but also it grounds it. And I don't want it to be grounded. I want it to be buck wild. So <laughs> it is slightly uh, disappointing for me because of that, but we're getting into the actual like music tournament arc and there's some bad blood between <laughs> bad blood between a couple of the bands. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. 
a likely story. So, well, you know, it is me. So I'm hoping that they'll up the, the, the melodrama as we, as we start to dig into the actual contest part. Uh, one kind of cool thing to note, which I think I touched on briefly in the three episode as well. Two of the characters have uh, feminine names, Eve and Elizabeth, and the subtitles uh, refer to them as they, them. There has been no discussion of this in show, but it is kind of neat to see. <laughs> so, uh, more not, they pyres. Yeah, more they pyres. <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam to the list. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it is it is vampire musical trash, and if you're into vampire musical trash, you'll probably have an okay time. I wish it was sillier, um, but I am I am still watching it, and some of the music I enjoy. So that's Visual Prison. Um, Tesla note, nobody on here is watching. Okay, Tacked Op Destiny, I dropped at five. Peter, you, um, so I'm only like one episode back as of recording this. Um, yeah. Peter, you're, you're still keeping up with it. What are your thoughts on this one? I actually discovered it's Tacked Opus Destiny. That's the, that's the, uh, the op, I guess. I don't know why I didn't know, op- is that a thing? Opus can be called op. I, I wasn't aware of that, but apparently. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I've been seeing, it seems like people are pretty split about this show, whether they really like the interactions between the main characters or absolutely despise them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the, I think they're fun and kind of like Buck Wilds kind of cartoonish uh, camp. So I, I have been enjoying the show. It seems like they're kind of setting up a lot of the the stage for later events, so it, it's kind of cooled off in the most recent episodes, mm-hmm. uh, and it started introducing a lot of uh, different uh, what are they called music arts? Is that what, I think music arts. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So they're just throwing a bunch of characters at you, yep. um, which is fine because uh, I mean I guess that's better than them just like not meeting anybody for a long time, which is what happened in the first three or so episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I really have anything like like dangerous snows to the show and it's pretty much kept up with its initial promise. I'm a little bit worried about uh, how things are going to roll out with hell because uh, she could be a problematic character for sure. She's like the one uh, person of color in the cast, right? Well, non-Japanese person of color. Sorry, I should specify. Uh, yeah, she's like, uh, she's like the only one with uh, I mean, like the only named person with like brownish skin. Yeah. Uh, and she's kind of a, uh, a homicidal maniac maybe. So, yeah. um, yeah, not, not great. Uh, yeah. don't know quite what they're planning with that one, but, uh, she seems to be the evil music art. I found her enjoyably evil, but yeah, character design wise, there is that element of like, really the one Brown person is going to be the evil one. That seems yeah. like a mistake. I mean, I think, I do think her character design is great. Uh, and I, I also appreciated her over the top, uh, uh, like like killer wheelies uh, fighting style. Uh, I will never deny that the animation in this show is really good. I um, I was liking it okay. I didn't love the main characters, but I didn't like dislike them. Uh, and then Caitlin mentioned that it was like going to be a gotcha game. And the very next episode, we lost the the mentor who was traveling with them, who I who I liked despite being a bit of a semi problematic queer character. Um, I liked them and they went away and then they dropped in like three new music cards. And I was like, and then I couldn't unsee the gacha elements and I, it took me right out of the show. Um, but yeah, I had a, I I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of like, I guess I'm in the mid- middle camp. I did not like or dislike the characters, but I got busy. And if you're not doing something to keep me coming back, then I'm going to drop you. So um, I went ahead and said bye to that one. But yeah, I would say there's nothing really. There was a little bit of fan service in episode five that was kind of irritating as far as especially like absurd 
outfits that the characters are wearing. But it's it's about it's mostly staying the course. So I don't think we need to spend too much more time on that. And anything else you wanted to say there? I do want to say they didn't uh, that like the MOBA thing wasn't like something they ambushed people with. They did announce that like uh, in the MAPPA event where they said we're making this anime next season. They said it's in uh, partnership with a gotcha game. Sure. I believe you. I just I just didn't know that personally. And then once I found out, I was like, oh, no, I can't unsee it. (laughs) Okay, I just I just wanted to establish that 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 was the way it was from the jump. It wasn't like they were just like, hey, this cool anime. Actually, it was a gotcha game the whole time. So it was always cynically motivated. We want to establish that as a baseline. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I, even if not, I think I could have looked at the monsters and go like those look like gotcha enemies. They're just all like kind of the same theme and based on different animals. Uh, So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the drawback. But I'm I'm kind of interested to see if they have anything. Uh, if there's like uh, a plan, because there have been good gotcha anime. There have no. There have. There's been like two. Um, yeah. But they but they do <laughs> exist. Two, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, let me know how this one ends because if it mm. this is one I could see myself coming back to, but I didn't want to commit to it because I just don't have a lot of confidence in it right now. So for sure, keep keep me posted. Uh, okay. Uh, Shiki Zakura, we're not watching. Selection Project, we're not watching. Uh, Sakugan, mm. Brian and I both dropped like a hot potato in episode four. I uh, only have room in my heart for so many shows that decide to be randomly homophobic in episode four. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll and this get... wasn't one of them. And we'll get to that soon, too. Um, but, Peter, you're keeping up with it. Um, after episode four, how has it been? Because I, I did talk extensively about episode four in the three-episode check-in because it was... Such a such a tonal change of pace that I kind of had to. Um, how's it been since? So that was the one where they they met. Oh God, like, what's her name? Like Zapatuta or whatever. Yeah, and the uh, evil bisexual. Um, yeah, the uh, the misty Fujiko mashup joined the cast. Uh, I I do want to say like after that episode, I've definitely. Uh, well, she she might be joining in the next episode. Actually, she just disappeared after that. It was very weird, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I have been noticing that uh, Gagumba is kind of like leaning into the more shitty thing. And I think they're trying to make, I I thought the story was about kind of like both of them being deficient in some way, but together they kind of make a complete team, Mm -hmm. but it does seem like Gagumba just needs to uh, (laughs) fix himself. Uh, He's uh, like, there's the next episode. uh, They like have to repair some sort of station and it's uh, Mamempu and that weird police guy who turns out to be like a uh, like a geologist or something. And they okay. both nerd out together about science. And Gagumba it feels left out or something and gets really mean. Uh, and uh, that wasn't fun. That's really kind of a jerk move. And then in the next episode, they introduce like their hacker person who is uh, has like I guess has double prosthetics for hands who seems to be all right. And now I think the girl's joining the cast. Uh, I, I passed like, I, I would, it hasn't been anything extreme from Gagumba since, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely noticed like he's kind of leaning into being kind of like a stick in the mud uh, jerk uh, rather than kind of like a co-equal member of this team where both of them are idiots. Yeah. And it, it feels like the narrative knows he sucks, but yeah. it's like, unless you're going to push him to change, I, did, I didn't want to spend time with him anymore unless I knew that they were going to like, you know. He's going to learn his lesson and he's gonna, he's a gonna good dad. He's going to grow. Yeah, grow. Yeah. And, and, and they could be angling for that, especially if the next couple episodes also have him sort of sucking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I could also easily see him becoming that kind of like, kind of crappy dad who comes through in a pinch. And so it's fine yeah. that he has these faults. Yeah. yeah, it's whether he's going to get fixed or just be like the city hunter guy where people just put up with him forever. Yeah, and that that is one of my 
that's something that frustrates me in a lot of anime where it's like, well, he sucks, but you know what? He saves the day so he can keep on sucking. Yeah. Um, and there's just, there's just so many anime I could be watching with likable characters instead. Uh, which, speaking of, unless there's anything else we wanted to say about Sakugan. Mm, I'll keep you uh, up to date as things develop. Thanks. I appreciate that. Speaking of likable characters, we're moving into Muta King, the dancing hero. Vrai, you are also caught up on this one, yes? I am, as of like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Hell yeah, I'm so glad you caught up because I needed you to watch the most recent episode. Talk to me. You haven't had a chance to really chat much yet this episode. Uh, I really like Muta King. Like, it it has the, the animation budget of a ham sandwich, but it's got heart. Um, I, and I think, I think as far as and I think as far as like storyboarding and directing goes, it covers for the fact that it's not you know particularly dynamically animated very well, you know. Yeah, no, it's got those vivid colors. I really like how casually diverse it is, especially because it's a kids' show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to see that kind of vibrant world. I was kind of worried watching the first two episodes. I mentioned that it has kind of it. The early going had this kind of, like, new technology is scary and bad, and old retro stuff from the 90s is good. And the the later episodes have kind of moved away from that, where it's leaning harder into being about corporatization as the... as kind of this deadening force of culture. Which yeah, like gentrifying look- sameness. Yeah, it's it's honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a good, like, commentary, and I'm enjoying that part of it a lot. Seeing the giant buildings with the Q on them, I was like, is this about Uniqlo uh, slowly eating away at the market of um, of uh, Harajuku? Uh, yeah. Could be. Because, uh, like, that I know that that is a problem people have. Yeah. No, yeah, the um, I really like the way the last few episodes have been so much about, like, our city used to be so bright and diverse, and now everything is, like, the same because this one corporation is, like, running and controlling everything. And I'm like, take them down! Take them down, Muteki! Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed mm-hmm. that element a lot. Yeah, it is. I, I really enjoy... Um... This most recent episode, it, it was it was quite the the turn to realize that uh, Vivi used to be Freddie Mercury. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> I will be pissed if they kill her off before the end of the show. I yeah, I was gonna say, can we talk about Vivi Nate? Like, did you want to kind of summarize her character for folks at home? Because this last episode, like, pretty well canonically established her as a trans woman, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we watched Which- her transition via backstory. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh Vivine uh, is this local arcade owner that uh the that uh has been a background character sort of mothering this local group of outcast kids that Mutaki knows. Yeah, and bringing in Mutaki too and has really like th- from the beginning I would say has been very positively and like fondly depicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's not in the earlier episodes much, but she's a very positive presence and then uh, in the most recent episode, when Mutaki is trying to to put together a new song so that he can level up and beat the bad guy, he he wants to seek out this mysterious MC who vanished one day, you know, and and he hears about this great baseball player who then became this great MC who looks like Freddie Mercury, uh, and <laughs> and MC then it baby, I love the name, <laughs> yes, it's so good. Uh, and then we find out that this is uh, all Vivi's backstory. Uh, and it's not, it's not even overtly clumsy. It's one of those things where like, I feel like you could have been a little smoother than this, but it's not hateful really, or 
or anything. And it doesn't even really talk about her transition. It just talks about like, here are the things that she did when she was presenting as a guy. And here she is now. And uh, anyway, that's how that is. It's very matter of fact about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I honestly, I appreciated the sort of just nonchalant, like, yep, <laughs> this yep. is her, this is her life and everybody's cool with it. So to me, like, especially for a show that's generally been pretty family friendly and is like, I would say geared towards, maybe not geared towards younger audience, but like open to a younger audience. Absolutely. Um, I think that like just sort of matter of fact, normalizing of like, yeah, sometimes people transition presentation and she's, she's Vivi. Um, mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that and I, I would love to see that in more kids shows. Um, I don't know if it's a mistake or if it was some kind of clumsy attempt to hide this twist that went uh, bad, but it is weird that she her skin tone looks lighter uh, in her flashbacks. I noticed that too and I don't know if it just has to do with like the wig and the costume if like that just makes the skin tone look different or yeah, I, I noticed mm-hmm. that too and I thought that was interesting, but um I have I have no comment to make on that. If anybody same, at home wants I'm just to. observing it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was I was this past episode. I was worried they were going to spin and make her an alien because mm-hmm. um, she clearly had some connection with uh, the evil corporation who are aliens, almost certainly, right? Like they're aliens. definitely aliens. Yeah, um, and. So I was like, oh, they're going to make the trans character an alien. And she's really cool, but still, that's not great. And so then mm-hmm. this past episode, we found out that was not the case. I love that. But I really hope she doesn't tragically die because they could I'll save be her. Mad. Well, we know she's sick, but we don't know like if they're going to... I feel It feels like there could be a let's save her storyline um, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, she tragically dies so the next generation can like come into their own as musicians. Um, mm-hmm. so fingers crossed Vivi makes it to the end, but I have been, yeah, I have been, you know, right. You know, I love my goofy, sincere, uh, family friendly anime and Muta King is filling the classical hole in my heart and I've been enjoying it a lot. So I'm so glad it's such an unassuming little show. I feel like not very many yeah. people are watching it because it looks like that and it's based on an eighties comedy Sentai, but I really like it. It's delightful. I'm so glad you're watching it with me because this was one where I'm like, I'm so glad I get to talk to Brian about Muta King. Um, it's wonderful. So I, I, I do need Suta King to do something soon because I am dying. What's yes. his deal? Yeah. What <laughs> what what are you up to, uh, pretty blonde boy? Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll find out at some point. It it narratively it feels like they knew what they were doing from the beginning. I mean, whether or not that means it'll come together is up for debate, but it feels like, like we set up these characters early and we're going to tell you what their deal is eventually. I do also hope they do something with Mutaki's sister soon, because right now she's mm. just wandering around telling everybody the truth and nobody's paying attention to her. So, and then she comically falls off something. Yeah. And then she comically, she's very clumsy. I like her, but I, I do want her to interact with her brother. So I hope mm-hmm. we get more of her as well. Cause there's not a ton of female characters in this. Um, there's a few, but not a ton. So mm-hmm. Yay! Okay, that was Muta King. I'm glad we got some time to chat about that one. Yay! Yay, go watch Muta King, kids at home. Unless you're worried about Vivi, then wait until the end of season and we'll tell you if she ends up being okay. Alright, next on the list is Lupin the Third Part 6. Um, I am caught up. Peter, you are watching Vry. You're not marked on this one, which is surprising. Um, I, I simply so have not had time, and yeah. I just, I get so tired. Blue Jacket and I have a dicey relationship sometimes, so, like, I've enjoyed what I've watched, but mm-hmm. it just hasn't been priority, you well, know? right he's Green Jacket again, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> because Lupin, what is chronology? Nothing. Doesn't matter. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's a fool's errand. Uh, Peter, how many episodes in are you? 
Uh, I they I'm behind. They just like disappeared from uh, the UK. Okay, so you've just watched the first couple. Um, yeah, okay, three, I yeah. folks at home, I'm gonna use a swear. I fucking love this series right now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I used the swear. But shocking. I know, shock and awe. We've never used a swear on this podcast ever. <laughs> Still PG thirteen, so long as we don't get a second one. That's right. We, I, yeah. I used our, I burned our one. Damn. Yep. Uh, um, so. I'm really enjoying this. It is extremely self-indulgent. Uh, every episode is written so far has been written by a different person. That we just got into a multi-parter, so I'm assuming all the parts of that will be written by the same person. Um, I mentioned in the Slack that some of them were like big anime names, like Mamoru, Mamoru Oshi did episode four, um, and then I forget the guy's name, but he's been an anime forever. Like he was working on like Princess Knight and Tiger Mask back in the day. Uh, did episode three. Um, I mean, and that I, makes sense, because this is, like, the big 50th anniversary bash, yeah, so well, self-indulgent seems correct. And it's got, like, it. I wouldn't say it has a Space Dandy vibe, because you don't have different animators and directors on it, but that sense of, like, we're going to give everyone a chance to do a fun, episodic Lupin story is definitely kind of woven into it, and I think, I haven't watched a ton of the older Lupin, but I do think the newer stuff, like, tends to do the one-off short episodes really well. Um, so I think they're playing into their, their like core creative team strengths with that as well. Um, mm-hmm. the other episodes, I thought they were being written by like newcomers, but they're actually being written by fairly well-known Japanese mystery novel writers. Um, I did a little research huh. before going in. So they're bringing in people who don't necessarily work in anime, but you know, have, I mean, Lupin's been around forever, so they probably enjoy it. And starting with Sherlock Holmes, like the whole like crime fic, classic crime fiction has been woven into this show. Uh, the most recent multi-part of the episode dropped, the first episode of the multi-parter dropped the day we're recording this. The second one will be up by the time this goes out. Um, is Lupin time travels, kind of, we think? Um, and he's basically... Oh, that's established. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want in Lupin. It's a big sandbox. It's great. Um, but to like an Edogawa Rampo novel, so like the inspectors and thieves from that are showing up throughout this episode, um, which... You don't have to know that. Like, the episode is still enjoyable without that. But, like, that extra level of, like I said, it's very self-indulgent. Mamoru Oshii's episode was, like, a send-up to a a Hemingway short story that I'd never even heard of until this episode. And then I went and read it and was like, oh, yeah, no, I see the the parallels here. Um, It is, it feels like they just said, go have fun. And you can really feel that in this show. I have nothing to say about it from a feminist relevant perspective. I think the way they're handling Fujiko so far has been, I mean, there's a little bit of fan service, but it's Fujiko. Like she's, that's her thing. Um, But I feel like it's handling her and her relationship with the guys really well. Um, I think the most recent episode introduced some uh, supporting characters who, I mean, they're holding hands in bed, wearing bathrobes and blushing at each other. So I'm going to go ahead and say they're lesbians. Um, which is neat. And um, yeah, I've just, I've really enjoyed it. Like I, you know, anytime you start a new Lupin, you kind of flip a coin to see who's going to be working on it. And so far I've had a really good time with this batch. Um, So I would recommend it, Bri. Uh, Enjoy yourself and just, it's just full fanfic. I mean, Lupin's always been a fanfic, but like diving straight into that deep end with the Ron Poe and the Sherlock Holmes stuff. So I look forward to seeing how it progresses and how the and what other writers they bring in on it too. All right, I am tempted. Do it. Uh, okay, next on the list, Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut. Peter, you are also keeping up with this one, yes? Yep, I am. Uh, I've been talking for a bit. Would you like to start us off on Irina? 
Uh, sure. Yeah, I've been enjoying it pretty well so far. Uh, it's kind. I really like Slash. I'm very confused by it. it's kind of like a historical. This is definitely the USSR, and they're talking mm-hmm. about the United States, except vampires exist. Except uh, vampire, kind of, but they're not, but yeah. they're only kind of vampires. Like sometimes they need blood, I guess. Yeah, it's um, pseudo fantasy setting. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I generally like like the flow of the plot and the events. I, I have been got, getting there. There was that thing with uh, the girl being super interested in taking Irina's physical. I didn't so much like. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I'm really worried that they're kind of infantilizing her now a lot with, with like her angst about going into space. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, uh, I can't remember the main character's name, uh, Potato Guy. Love. Oh, he's he's fi- I like yeah, Love. He, he's fine, um. but I feel like his role now is like uh, kind of doing emotional maintenance for her. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm not quite a fan of. I feel like that really kind of makes it, it seems like she's kind of unable to handle things on her own uh, rather than him like I, I was hoping it would be more like co-equal and they would be forming a mutual bond mm-hmm. where he was supposed to just be making sure she didn't try to run away or anything because UCCR is evil uh, but uh, I that just like my general concerns based on like a couple points in the story I guess yeah yeah I'm not sure I have I, this is one where I, it's, I think it's really gonna depend on how they end it um, so I'm not sure how much I want to I feel like most of what Caitlin said in the three episode check-in still holds true at this point. Like every once in a while it stumbles into these very obnoxious, like anime rom-com cliches, like you said, with the uh, doctor, like wanting to get her measurements. And then, Mm -hmm. um, then there's a scene where she has like a sip of alcohol and gets drunk and he has to take her home. Oh yeah. Um, But overall I've enjoyed the two main characters relationships. I'm really enjoying listening to Hayashibata Megumi in a main, in a main role again. Um, She, always gives her characters lots of depth just via performance which i love because i think irina i think irina could have been like if they cast somebody who played her like really squeaky or cutesy or i think i think she could have been like like you said like obnoxious obnoxious and like infantilized and very tsundere and i think hayashibara plays her as somebody who is traumatized but has like you know is trying to and it's very young. Like she's only, we find out she's only 17, which don't love that for the main romance. Yeah. It's not great, <laughs> but pushing past it. Um, like that just like, I mean, they already had a, a power imbalance because he's, um, she's, I mean, basically been taken captive for this mission. Yeah. She's um, a prisoner. Yeah. And so her also being, um, uh, super young, well, not super young, but young does not help, but I like their interactions with each other. I think there's when it's not occasionally falling into cliches, I think there's, it's more grounded than you see in a lot of these sort of slow burn. Uh, I'm going to call it a romance because that's what it feels like. Um, the politicking with the U.S. with the UZZR or whatever they call them is very interesting. And at this point, I I need her to not die. So I am I am apparently yeah. I'm definitely invested. Right? Like there were a couple episodes ago, I was like, ah, I don't know how much I'm into this show. Maybe I'll drop it. And now I'm like, but I I need you to survive this. I need you guys to make it out of. I need you guys to escape this terrible country. <laughs> Please, yeah. please be okay. So at this point, I'm definitely like in it for the long haul because uh, the, I think the character writing has been just solid enough, building on itself, and and with the plotting and the background too, with the with the the bad fascist government that I'm, yeah. I'm invested. So it's walking um, multiple tightropes, which yeah. is actually harder than a single tightrope in this. It is. Uh, There's so <laughs> many tightropes. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it ends. And I would say at this point, I'd still keep it in the neutral zone. Um, it's 
had a few things that you know made my eyebrow twitch but it's not been like awful is it still doing the weird mouth stuff uh no not really yeah i forgot about that from the early episode yeah no not really oh yeah yeah it it cut that out mostly yeah every every once in a while there's a little bit of fan serviciness with like camera angles and stuff um but for me at least it doesn't it doesn't take away from the character work that's going on as well so Mm -hmm. you know maybe yellow flags but it yeah I, we'll see how it ends. Like that'll be a big, a big sticking point for this one too. Yeah. For the, for the alcohol thing, I do want to say I, I didn't like that, but then it actually turned into a good scene with the ice skating thing afterward and them having a mature conversation because they were like uninhibited. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, um, they didn't play into the cliches as hard as they could have, but I yeah, always yeah. roll my eyes when anime characters take a single sip of single alcohol. Sip, yeah, and become yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's not how it works. It's not. Yeah. But anyway. Vampire biology. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. just blame it on vampire biology. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. um, who knows how vampires work in this world. Yep. Um, okay, moving on, moving on. Uh, Faraway Paladin. Peter, you're keeping up with this one. I didn't dislike the first episode. There was just a lot of other anime, so it kind of just ended up on the on the floor because of that. Uh, how are you liking this one? Uh, I'm actually liking it pretty well. I wish it had gotten a better production. Like, if it got mm-hmm. Mushoku Tensei level like animation, I feel like uh, it's kind of like... The way Mushoku Tensei's production is treating the anime like it's some sort of mature fantasy with themes mm-hmm. uh, is what Faraway Paladin is. So if they <laughs> if Faraway Paladin got that production, I feel like it would be a lot better because it's kind of handling like a very kind of like slow, resonant story. Um, and I, I it can't the pro- I think it's the production's like uh, ambitious, but maybe doesn't have all the tools it needs to execute on that. Mm-hmm. Um I, I do think it's it's very good. Uh, I think Will is he's a very sweet boy. His parents are very great, and now he's like at this point in the story left the nest, and he's met like a, a shitty cute elf boy, and they're gonna go on adventures together now. So, oh no! You said he was shitty and cute. Now I want to yeah. watch this. Yeah, he's <laughs> shitty cute Melindor or something like that. It's his name. I no. love me a good trash boy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he seems like a trashy elf boy. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I had heard really good things about the light novels for this for a while, and so it was kind of on my radar because of that. Um, if the mm-hmm. production's eh, I might just check out the novels. But I don't know. Let me know at the end of the season, and yeah, maybe I'll I, come back to it. I do need to bring up one scene, uh, uh-huh. though. Uh, like the low point uh, was uh, his dad, uh, the skeleton dad, uh, mm-hmm. decides to get Will drunk for the first time or something. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they both get very drunk, and he tricks Will into walking in on Mary while she's changing clothes or something like that. Yeah, boo. As some sort of like uh, boyish uh, rite of passage kind of thing. Gross. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was the the single bad scene, and Will uh, definitely never wants to do that to a woman ever again. Uh, well, but at, it's sad at least that it Will's happened. a good boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will, Will is like, why did you make me do that? <laughs> so, God, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, it well, does. Yeah. I appreciate the heads up on that, um, mm-hmm. but otherwise, otherwise, it's been solid so far. Great. Mm-hmm. Hey, Vry, how's Digimon Ghost Game? I've heard pretty good things. I really like it, and also it makes me sad. Oh no! <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so explain. the show. So there've been five episodes as of recording. Uh, they all. It's a really good spooky monster of the week show that I have enjoyed the heck out of. Like, mm-hmm. it's a little intense for a kid's cartoon. I think if I had watched it at eight or nine, it would have scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they have a they, they have a Halloween episode where 
there's a, a, a jack-o'-lantern Digimon who is trying to make friends by going around and stuffing pumpkins on its on people's heads and then carving the pumpkins while they're on their heads. I heard about that. <laughs> That's horrifying. It is. It's a spooky, it's a good atmospheric spooky anime that's had really strong direction so far. It also doesn't really have uh, very much in the way of Sakuga, because apparently, according to, uh, I I heard it from from Kevin, uh, who runs Sakuga blog, the show's production has allegedly been an absolute train wreck since before it even got going. Ah, uh, that sucks. Which, if a, if it's this is meant to run 50 episodes, which is generally the common order for uh, for a Digimon series, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna crash and burn, I assume. And I'm guarding my heart for that. And it makes me so sad because the Digimon Adventure reboot was bad. It was really bad. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like the one thing we were all hoping from it is, well, it made a lot of money, so maybe they'll pour that into this new series that is the first non-adventure-related Digimon show in almost a decade, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll use this money to give that backing. And apparently they haven't, because fuck Toei, they're the worst. Oh, there goes our PG-13 rating. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> we said fuck too many times. Well, now the, now the lid's off, because we've yeah. got the R rating now, so we can say it as many times as we want. You right. the genie out of the bottle. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'll, I'll just... I'll never, I'll never not resent Toei in particular for having rainbow Twitter bio uh, icons in June while simultaneously uh, derailing one of their u- workers' uh, union reps by claiming that, or by using the fact that they were using their chosen name and not their legal name against them. Like, Toei's the worst. Toei's so the worst. But, uh... Yeah, no, Digimon Ghost Game so far has been a really good uh, spooky atmospheric kids horror show. There is the only thing that it's not even bad, but it annoys me a little bit is this is the first anime, at least I don't know about all of Digimon media, but it's the first in the anime where where there's been a a boy human who's had a, a female Digimon partner and it's like some Nagatoro shit. And I don't know that I care for that. What? She like, she like, how do you mean she picks on him? She picks on him, and then by the end of her introduction episode, she's, like, in the corner calling him darling, like, mm. under her breath. And I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like the romantic di- tension. Between a Digimon and a person? Uh-huh. No, thank you. <laughs> no. but And it's a shame because he's a very good, nervish boy vo- voiced by uh, Ikira Ishida. <gasps> Nobody told me the main character was Ishida. Now I might have to watch this show. <laughs> Well, he is he is the secondary boy. The, the okay. main boy is is fine, but the the boy with the with the Nagatoro Digimon is like so he's like a super genius who came back to middle school to be a dorm leader because uh, he's a chuni otaku who wanted to live out his school life, and he has a bandage on his cursed right hand and the whole Hell ten yes. yards. Wow. It's yes. so good. He's a great character. Well, you've got me interested. That may, maybe I will attempt a Digimon. I've actually seen a decent amount of the original, but. Um, maybe I'll attempt another one. So cool. Anything else from that one that you want to let folks know about? Nope. Uh, the, the one, the, the singular girl character has been treated fine, but like nothing stand out. Uh, so yeah, I've been really enjoying it and I'm preemptively sad for when, uh, Toei cuts its Achilles tendon and leaves it to die. Well, maybe it'll get its production stuff in order and be okay. Fingers crossed. World Trigger season three, I think is... Is it supposed to be another one core? 
which might mm. leave Toei with three shows instead of four uh, coming off uh, the end of this season. So that could I'm, help them out, maybe. I'm theorizing, mm. yeah, they might be able to move <laughs> people over. Or they might just start up a whole other anime and put themselves back up to four simultaneous productions. Who knows? It's Toei, so who yeah. knows? Uh, but fingers crossed that it doesn't totally fall apart on you and continues to be um, a good time. Okay, uh, none of us are watching Deep Insanity, The Lost Child. I honestly know nothing about it, uh, which is fine. Sometimes that happens. Uh, Banished from the Heroes Party. Peter, you're watching this, and a couple other people on staff are as well. How's that one yeah. going? Uh, it's okay. I definitely like that the main character is, like, uh, kind of shown to be valuable to the main, like, to the world-saving party because of, like, soft skills. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't fight like anybody else can, but he's good at, like, you know, talking to people, uh, organizing things, cooking. Oh, cool. Oh, after his absence, they're realizing that, uh, defeating the Demon Lord, their adventures become a lot more difficult. Uh, when they don't have somebody to make good meals or like talk to normal people like another normal person. <laughs> you kind of see them all suffering at their camp every day while he's like living his best life out in the middle of nowhere, running a little medicine shop. Social skills important. <laughs> yeah. I, I was originally down for him and his like relationship with this other hero that he previously met, but it's it's really deep into, you know, anime romance land where neither mm. of them is willing to make a move. Despite the fact that she's like basically screaming to like for him to do something and he's not doing it. I think they've like tacitly agreed that he will ask her to marry him at some point, uh, but they did it completely indirectly because they're both cowards. I'm, I'm just not <laughs> quite sure how this works out. It's just frustrating to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, um, the, we have to drag this out because once they get together, it's over kind of thing. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be over. You can just have them be a couple. That's fine. Yeah, they're yeah. like shopping for her bed, and he gets two singles instead of a, a king bed. And the, the 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 person running the shop calls him a coward, and then she calls him a coward. And oh my god. So <laughs> yeah, like, she'd be fine with it, and he, yeah, well. Yeah, and he gives her a bracelet and implies, like, made her, maybe he'll get her a ring later, and without, you know, actually saying it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, whatever you want to give me, I'll definitely say yes. <laughs> and then, like, just <laughs> nudge, shut the nudge. fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's kind of funny describing it this way, but uh, I'm rolling my eyes constantly. I, I, I think I like the, uh, it, it's, it's fun though. It's, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. That's Ni- good to a know. A nice show. Yeah. A nice, a nice neutral zone. Uh, is it an isekai technically or just a fantasy anime? Uh, I think it's straight fantasy. Cool. Yeah. I am, I am for them going, you know what, this isekai element, it, meaningless let's just do a fantasy well, series so. and by straight fantasy i mean slightly gamified everybody's born well, with a unique skill uh kind of, of thing yeah. and they have like hp but uh, oh there's no guy from another world okay so gamified on. but not a yeah guy. i'm sorry we take we yeah. take what we can get right yeah every um, little bit yeah okay all right let's move on um i am keeping up with taisho otome fairy tale Ooh, we don't have we don't have the hour I would need to. Uh, we don't have time. In the words of John Mulaney, we don't have time to unpack all that. Uh, um, I ooh. go read my three episode, and it continues to pretty much hold true. I really like what it's doing with. Um, I like the protagonist. I think it's. I think it does a pretty good job of depicting like depression and and sort of childhood neglect and the main character kind of trying to work through that and develop sort of a new family unit um, with other people who have kind of been abandoned, including like reconnecting with his younger sister and then his fiance. And I mean, the problematic like baseline of the show hasn't changed. Like it's not going to. Um, 
there's a lot I really like in it. I think it I think it has a good heart, but it it still continues to irk me that the uh, Yuzuki, the main female character, um, like her role is really just to be sweet and help everybody else with their problems. And some of those other characters are female characters, so it's not like she's just saving dudes. Um, but I wish it would do more with her, like, getting more... Like, she kind of got upset in the last episode, but because she thought maybe he was cheating on her. But they, they played it in that very, like suffering wife who's going to look the other way type thing and i'm like no yuzuki i just i would like her to just get like angry or upset or like miss her school friends and she never the show won't like give her that range of emotion and it's very frustrating and then every Mm -hmm. once in a while it it spins into rom-com bullshit um although it's been pretty good about avoiding that um they introduced a new female character whose dad is an abusive piece of shit and she's looking after her three younger brothers and she kind of sucks because she's sort of exploiting him for his money. Um, but I think she's going to get better in the next couple episodes. And, like, she genuinely cares for her brother. She's just, her home life sucks. Mm. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do with that. It, 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 you know what? It's complicated is a good category for Taisho Otome Fairy Tale. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to keep watching it because I like the production and I, I, I like the characters, even though I wish... I wish Yuzu had had more more nuance to her, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's my short version of Taisho Tome Fairy Tale. Maybe someday I'll I will try to untangle it in, a, in an essay or something. But yeah. Um, okay, Fry, you are are you still keeping up with Night Beyond the Tricornered Window, or did you drop that K- one? Is it kind of, yeah, sort yeah. of. I want you to imagine what if that last episode of Paradise Kiss was a whole anime? Okay. Because, like, it's technically a faithful adaptation, except that all of the stuff it's cut, because I started reading the manga, uh-huh. uh, listeners at home, all of the stuff it's cut is all of the really crucial things that add a lot of depth and nuance and flavor to the... Because this is a this is a horror romance, right? So, like, there's a lot to do with the fact that the protagonist knows that this dude he's hanging around for with and working for is kind of a sketch dude who's kind of possessive and shady and the manga definitely sh- like knows that and is interrogating that seriously. But at the same time, it's like, this is the only dude who understands these powers I have. And I feel kind of like drawn to him and some, uh, and all of that stuff, but in a way that I find fairly well executed so far, honestly, I think there's definitely a podcast in talking about the manga, maybe for the Patreon ones we're doing or something, if people are interested, yeah, uh, the, a- but the anime has cut a lot of stuff, including, like, mostly what it's cut has been, like, extra cases between the quote-unquote main plot ones. But in those extra cases are things like, let's talk about my feelings about how you're trampling all over my consent. Or scenes of us kind of bantering back and forth and having a little bit more equal footing that make the protagonist seem like he's a little less adrift and, uh, you know babe in the woods about stuff or scenes that kind of uh where he seems open to the idea of being with a guy in addition to being interested in girls as opposed to just being annoyed when people ask if this dude is his boyfriend like it's a lot it it, it's it makes me so angry in addition to the fact that this is an ugly production that wouldn't know sensuality if it slapped it naked upside the face Vanitas, so has, Vanitas has taught us that anime can do erotica well, and now we're mad that everybody else is bad at it. It's 
so ugly, D. I know. I, I dropped it halfway through episode two, so I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm glad to know the manga is better because I had heard good things about the manga, and I started the anime and was like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, but it's good to know the manga adds nuance to their relationship and like actually spend some time with it. So um, that is, it is unfortunate, but it is good that the manga exists in English. So if folks want to read it, they can. Yep. Currently digital only, but at least it's out there. Yeah. At least it's out there. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's. I'm depressed now. Let's be depressed in a different way. <laughs> let's let's untangle. God, okay. Uh, we have. Let's see. We've got about 15 minutes, and we're gonna spend all of them, and then another 15 on Comey can't communicate. Right. <laughs> uh, um, I've read the manga. Well, not all of it. I've read seven or eight volumes, whatever the library had. Um, it's not a series I would buy, but having it at the library, like I enjoyed reading it with the understanding that with the anime coming out, I was like, there's, this is going to be the discourse show, isn't it? This is going to be the one because there's some problematic shit in this baby. Uh, You're caught up. What are your thoughts on it? I was really, I'm going to keep watching it. I'll say that. Um, Because I I really enjoyed the production values. I think that the, in general, these are good kids that I like hanging around with. Um, I do think the, there sure is something to the fact that it set this out as like a school for freaks and weirdos. And that's where we have all this marginalized representation coming in. Uh, like Najimi is my child, even if the idea of a character who, even if linking a character who is a trickster to having a fluid or uncertain gender is a longstanding transphobic trope, I do still love them and they are my baby. And it it's very funny to me that their gender is whatever annoys the person they're talking to most. I the thing the thing I really like about Najimi is I be, knowing teenagers I feel like in a perfect world where transphobia didn't exist I could totally see like gender fluid or agender teenagers just being like yeah today I'm a girl what up tomorrow I'm a boy what up um, and so I, I like I like the idea that Najimi exists in a perfect world where they can they can just be themselves and fuck with people. <laughs> because gender is a social construct so um but in the broader scheme of real world context yes agreed Mm -hmm. problematic depiction yeah and and then yamai happens and um there's nothing there's nothing i can save about yamai it's so bad it's like it's i don't even have words for how bad it is and even that short itself felt in terms of animation and direction like it had escaped from a completely different anime yeah it was so bad and so interminably long, and I did hate it. Yeah, uh, for folks at home who maybe haven't seen the show and aren't sure what we're talking about, uh, Yamai is a very stereotypical, like, TV tropes-esque psycho-lesbian character, um, and it it sucks. It sucks a lot. Like, to the point of, like, kidnapping Tadano and keeping him in her closet because he's getting too close to Komi and threatening to murder him, and it, yeah, it, it just sucks. That wasn't even what bothered me as much as like the weird close-ups of her like catching and licking a strand of Comey's hair and yeah, that, that kind of crap. Su- that was super gross. That I do not remember from the manga. So I think the anime team uh, maybe went a little, and it could have been in the manga and I just don't remember. But um, mm-hmm. they, I was hoping they would tone that stuff down because when when Yamai isn't being a total stereotype, I think there is a relatably awkward teenager with a crush buried deep inside of her um but so much of her characterization is like into this like over the top like incredibly creepy predatory um yeah like you said like licking hair and shit like it's just 
is just bad. Yamaya is bad, and she's not she's not going to go away, folks at home, having read the manga. So, um, in the manga, you can skim through her chapters. In the anime, you won't have that option. So, it's a good adaptation. Otherwise, again, I wish they had like as far as like animation and style and directorial stuff. Um, but God, I really wish they had toned they had toned her down, like or cut her entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. So also Netflix, uh, I do hate you, and it's good to know you hate me back. Well, I knew that. Yeah, their That's subtitle their subtitle program sucks. So mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of on screen text that just gets missed, and some of it is intention is you know probably necessary to the story. So sorry if you haven't read the manga and you're like, what does that say? You'll never know. Yeah, that's, that is all I have to say about that, more or less. So I am going to keep with it because I liked the other stuff enough. Yeah, I, I do. I will say, like, the central relationship between Komi and Tadano and Najimi, having read the manga, if they stick, you know, faithful to it, I I really enjoy their dynamic. I think it develops a really sweet back and forth between Komi and Tadano as it continues. Um, it does some really nice stuff with, like, social anxiety and being really um, sympathetic towards that. And, like, people working with Comey to, you know, like meet her on her level instead of being like, well, just get over it, which you see in a lot of shows as well. Um, there's, there's a lot of good in here, but then again, but yeah, then there's the queer phobic shit. So it's complicated <laughs> as, <laughs> as our category is called. Um, and I, I will not blame anyone for dropping it. I had a feeling it would be a very up and down series for folks and we'll see how it goes, I guess. So that's, yeah, that's Comey. Okay, the next is Blue Period. Peter and I aren't watching this one. Vry, you're behind. Did you want to touch on that real quick? Um, I'm an episode or two behind. Um, There's not really much to add that I didn't cover in my three episode because for the most part, the production's not where I wish it was, but it's, I really like 85% of the manga. I think it is a really good hobby anime mm-hmm. um, it, in terms of just sinking into what it does about art and art techniques and kind of demystifying art, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's a little bit rosy about how college will definitely help you get a career. Um, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That was my despair laugh. Keep going. <laughs> like, I, I think it, it has that thing that hobby anime need where it just kind of sucks you into the minutia um and and really sells that that intrigue the manga more so than the anime i think the anime is competent um the stuff with yuka hasn't really uh that's the she's the the, the trans girl, she's right? the the trans femme character yeah, yeah, yeah where you. where she is decidedly like a trans femme non-binary character in everything about okay. how she is written uh but then the manga uh, that then the series try uh decides to label her a crossdresser which is just so clearly at odds with everything about how she presents mm-hmm. um i'd be curi- curious what the ori- what the word in japanese is and if that's just a translation flub because the terminology in japan can be a little fuzzier than english mm-hmm. so yeah i'd be curious to see what 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 the words are there but i'm, I'm not watching it so sorry right. continue no no you're good um and like it's it's one of those things where like the main character being kind of shitty towards her is meant to be him sucking as a teenager and he's mm-hmm. supposed to be moving toward, you know, getting better and more accepting of the people around him in general. That's a mm-hmm. lot of what the show is about. Sure. And and like, I'm in favor of that, but also it feels very, Shoujo was on this level 20 years ago, get good, seinen and shonen. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, like I like I get what you're doing, but I don't particularly want to watch it sometimes. Yeah, I get that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a show, it's a series that I enjoy that frustrates me sometimes with that stuff. Uh mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I definitely if you're interested in it and you can get the manga, go with the manga over the anime. The colors are nice, but eh. <laughs> Yeah, I dropped it after episode one because I wish it was a hobby anime, but I feel like it's more about, like, the need to make your passion into a career. And that Mm. being, like, there was a whole conversation at the end of that first episode that made me feel the bad feels because I've been, uh, we don't have time to get into my shit on this episode, but working through that idea that, like, everything you create has to also, like, be productive and earn money and and trying to disavow myself of that and then that show kind of kind of took me back to that place so i decided not to keep up with it but uh but it sounds like it's got a lot uh for folks who that isn't a sticking point for them and i hope it continues to be good um yeah let's move on to ranking of kings uh which we are show of the season because it's i mean it's neck and neck with heike absolutely Oh, yeah, um, I, I keep forgetting. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, K started early, so, but, uh, yeah. So, Ranking of Kings, how how y'all doing with this one? I can't think of any, I mean, I guess as far as, like, content warnings for folks at home, there's a fair bit of child endangerment, um, and, 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 like, ableism, but the show is not... And promoting. genocide, background genocide. Oh, God, yeah, the background genocide, thank you. But the show is not promoting any of those things, it's depicting them, like, you know, negatively or sympathetically. Um, yeah with the main characters um they bad. yeah it bad um so with that you know as our like setup like out of the way how are you feeling about the show just kind of in general i love it so much it's good right is it uh, studio wit's best anime ever i mean so far i would be inclined to agree with you it's um it's such an interesting blend of genres um i was goofing with peter about how i i think i love domas after the latest episode as of recording this um when he spoilers folks uh after he knocks boji like into a pit and thinks he's killed him he then cuts off his hand in penance because he's loyal but he feels bad and i was like this guy is so extra i think i've circled back around to liking him oh i still hate him but he is very funny oh he sucks but i i told peter he thinks he's in game of thrones um, but he's not in Game of Thrones. Um, I think he's in Steven Universe, and he just doesn't know it. And the more I thought about that, the more I realized all the adults think they're in Game of Thrones, but I don't think they are. I'm pretty sure they're in Steven Universe, and Boji's going to save the world with empathy. Um, because it has this, it's such a it's such a curious blend of that kind of like grimdark high western fantasy like jockeying for political power and these like incredibly creepy rituals going on behind the scenes where like i guess you grind kings down to like <laughs> turn them into magic potions i love the cannibal smoothie <laughs> God, yes the cannibal smoothie thank you and then and then you have and then you have but but at the same time like you also have this sort of fairy tale-esque like almost family-friendly vibe with the artwork and with again Boji just being a very sweet main character, and um, oh gosh, what's his what's his Kage? Because it's just Shadow. Yeah. Um, Kage in there, and their sort of central friendship. It has this very just sweet, sincere. They just you know they just care about each other, and and the way it juggles those elements with like it out without it feeling like you know like going into like suffering porn. 
um, but still feeling like there's stakes. It's it's really well done. Like it is impressive the way it is balancing these different fantasy like tropes and archetypes and genres and things and blending them together um, and give it and really humanizing all the characters. Like I thought the stepmom was just going to be evil and she ends up being like one of my favorite characters by the end of her episode. I'm like, Oh, you just really care about this kid and don't want him to have to deal with being King. Um, Everybody gets their flashback where they realize that like Boji is the, the kindest child ever. And then they learn uh, sign language just so that they can, communicate him with because he's such a good person right Mm -hmm. and so that's like four different characters backgrounds now works every time Mm -hmm. yeah i've been surprised a couple times like dida uh is showing a lot of redeeming qualities after just being an absolute shit heel for the first like what four episodes dida's the kind of little shit that i can get behind yeah uh and then also uh like the assassin guy you're kind of maybe discovering he's uh a good guy now too like yeah uh, his fight, he's definitely not dead. And his fight against the uh, spear guy was seems more now like a test to make sure that the spear guy, like where his allegiances li- like lied, depending upon what he said after the fight or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you get a lot of uh, like people seeming a lot harder, harsher, or like more malevolent than they actually are. Which yeah. I think is very interesting. It has a, mm-hmm. yeah, it has a very, a very a human empathetic core, much like its main character. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, I feel like the mirror is probably unambiguously bad, but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mirror who is definitely not the king's first wife who got shoved in there and is oh, mad shit. about it. Oh, that would be That's no, that wouldn't theory. make sense, though, because why would she want to kill Boji? That's her son. Hmm. Maybe maybe deposed queen. I think I, I was assuming she was like a deposed queen or somebody mm. who had ruled and, and now was trying to get back at the country. But we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um. Fry, did you have anything else you wanted to add about that one? We are coming up on the hour. Not really. I I, I am glad that if you, I will say it, folks at home, if you watch those first two episodes and you're like, I'm not sure I can do this because those first two episodes are really heavy. It definitely balances out somewhat after that uh, in terms of levity versus really emotionally intense content, which I'm glad of. I could not have done that every episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think it's done a a nice job of like i said not not going like full grim dark but there's definitely stakes and it um it does not exist in it does not exist in the sunshiny world that the animation might make you think it exists in and the way it plays with that uh that contrast is is it's really engaging so we'll see how it ends hopefully, hopefully we get two cores so we do oh, yeah we wow. do thank you studio wit for believing in this in this um unique little show so yay all right well let's we'll see how boji continues to grow um all right last one on our list is heike's story which is um we're on like episode nine on that one because it started early so this isn't exactly a mid-season but yeah it's great (laughs) um peter your thoughts uh i i have to say i i am actually behind on this one i think i it's hard to like find a good time where i'm like i am ready to watch hk's story right now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah you do kind of have to be sort of prepared for it because there's a lot of characters a lot of plot beats um it's i mean we're heading into the this is not a spoiler because it's based on a a, uh epic that was written like hundreds of years ago um we're getting to the part where everybody starts to die so it's it it, it's heavy because of that as well so no i I totally get needing to be in the right headspace for hk's story absolutely 
Yeah. So with, with that that being said, I'm only on like episode four. Uh, okay. So I, I really need to play catch up, especially because we're nearing the end of the year. But uh, mm-hmm. that does not reflect on the show at all. It's uh, extremely good. Uh, the direction's amazing. Uh, pretty much love all the characters. Um, I am somewhat familiar with the, the story. So it's sort of been interesting seeing how it's being portrayed in this mm-hmm. very uh, unique fashion. Um, I don't know. It's one of those shows where it's like, what was the last show we had like this where it's like almost hard to talk about? Uh, like, what can you say? Yeah, um, it's like, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like, wow, this is great. I wish I could say more about it. Yeah. 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 I, I was like, I'm somebody who always respected Yamada, but her stuff never really super clicked with me. I like, like, I liked Euphonium, the first season, the Euphonium, a one season anime. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this is the first work, first work of hers that I would, I, I get. I get the emotion of people being blown away by her stuff because, oh my God, I love seeing her do something with a more epic scope that's not that very quiet, you know, grounded personal story because she brings that personal to this wide scope of story. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's so good. Her, I really, really love the way they've decided to tell this because I think anytime you come into an adaptation of something that has been done over and over again, um, it's that question of how are you going to do this differently or make this fresh? And the way she's decided to, I mean, we get some of the pitched battles that are, you know, kind of the core and the politicking that are kind of the core of the story, but that's not the focus. The focus is really on, you know, the more quiet domestic moments with between the family members and the kids sort of growing up during this wartime as their family and uh, clan sort of falls apart. And I think that decision to focus on that and Biwa is this character kind of like in the margins, not really belonging to any group, so able to sort of see every side of it. Um, it's it's a really, really smart, unique way to tell this story. And it also gives it, you know, sort of a, a feminist relevant angle since so much of it is on, you know, what's happening at the home front and how the the female characters are feeling about all this. And yeah, it's been, I have been very impressed with this one. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm on episode six, so I'm also a little bit behind, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just, it's just such a masterful production, I think, and, and I am impressed as somebody who is not good at keeping track of shows with big casts, how, how excellent the anime is at conveying character import, importance and relationship just through visuals and memorable designs, even if you can't remember anybody's name. Yeah. Yeah, no, the names can be difficult, especially because a lot of them are very similar, um, which was just, you know, of the time period. Um, yeah, it's it good. The most couple of recent episodes have been a little bit more about Biwa sort of coming to terms with, like, who she is and and how she fits into all this and what she can do. Um, and so I won't spoil it since you guys are both behind, but I, I, I like those, those original elements too, because Biwa wasn't, isn't part of the original epic. Like she is, they, she, I'll say she, um, is a, um, an, an anime original character who's supposed to be sort of like the narrator of the tale of the Heike and the way they've built her the past few episodes and her story. It, it's just good. It's just good the end it's so good <laughs> um, also I, it does they stick the ending i it's it is you you know you watch some anime and you're like this is art and i definitely feel that about heike's story and it's it's so nice to see yamada be able to just just go completely 
art house do what she wants hog wild with this which i i feel like you i don't think you've seen liz and the bluebird yet Bri, but i feel like liz and the bluebird i have is not so yamada and it's a very different again not epic in scope very much a a a quiet school story mm-hmm. um but i think that is also her kind of being able to just do whatever she wants and it's it's also excellent so um i, nice. I love that she joined with science Haru for this one and yeah i hope it ends well i hope i'm back here singing its praises at the end of the season also, this has nothing to do with the show being good at large, but it, I'll never have another time or place to mention it. So big shout out to those two women who ran away from court to be lesbian nuns together. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, the I, I do like the little, and this is very much a Yamada thing, the uh, the little like subtextual nods to queerness in the cast, like the nuns who ran away together, the fact that the two flute boys... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say they're a little bit in love. Um, you, get, you get that vibe. Um, and yeah, I do appreciate her sort of, her sort of weaving that in without, you know, necessarily, um, there's a lot of other stuff she's juggling as well, but, but that, that acknowledgement is, is, is nice to see. Yeah. It, yeah. Good shows. Our, I feel like our top two this season are so far very, very strong. And then there's a lot of kind of complicated, messy stuff below it. Um, although I am going to, once again, shout out to Muta King and Lupin part six as being like good (laughs) shit. Yeah. Okay. So shall I play us out and we can talk about sequels next season? Heck yeah. I mean, at the end of season, not next season. That would be so. I was with you. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about us. And if you really liked what you heard, we'd love it if you'd head over to patreon.com backslash anime feminist and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. We've got some new tiers and some new perks in the works right now. So you should go to our Patreon page and check those out. We're very excited about those. And, uh, you know, every dollar goes a long way towards making anime feminists happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at animefeminist.com on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. And that is our show. Uh, Let us know how you're enjoying the season in the comments, Annie Fam, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. I do sincerely want every episode to end with that little play out, but...